We talked about last week, remember we talked about, um, seems like the world likes to take over things. Um, <clears throat> they they want to put names on things. We were looking at disinformation last week, right? And it's interesting that somebody calls themselves a disinformation specialist. That means you really know how to tell lies, right? <laughs> That's what that really means, right? <laughs> So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting how Satan always, evil always likes to, to hijack uh, something that's a godly thing, right? I mean, God comes up with love and God comes up with sex, you know? <laughs> it's supposed to be a good thing. And, and Satan uses it to, to bring down nations. Everything that, it's like, it's amazing all through, all through history, uh, most demises have a sexual part of them and it was something that God created for to bring us together to unite us you know in, in marriage and everything and and so uh Satan always wants to use something that's a godly thing to um to to twist it and make it wrong you know even worship you know Satan was the, the worship leader of heaven and uh, and and you know if we're not careful worship itself can become a, a a diversion, it's like Pastor Kim was talking about, can become a distraction for us if our focus isn't on him. And so um, anyway, I want to talk about uh, choices um, tonight because it, it's everything that our lives are built on, <laughs> everything from the time that we can begin to make a choice. <laughs> you know, kids, kids, uh, little ones, I mean, they're trying, to, as soon as they can make a choice, they're trying to tell them they can make a choice of all kinds of things that they don't need to be deciding what they can do, right? But there is a truth in this, and, and this is why it is a godly thing, because God is pro-choice. <laughs> in fact, everything about your life is based upon a choice. Um, you know, every, every, uh, every maestro, every great, person that's done something great with their life, it's been because of choices that they've made. Because they've had choices to do something else. They could choose to become a fat so too, you know? It's like, <laughs> but what did they choose? They, cho they chose something else. Now, you need to have some information for that to take place. You have to be able to give them, you know, don't you like, like multiple choice tests, you know? You can get pretty good at those, although they, they get tricky, don't they? And they it's like, <laughs> uh, but God kind of does a multiple choice for us, you know, and he says, and here's the right answer. But you have to choose it. And choosing it isn't just checking the box. It's becoming the box, you know. It's, it's becoming what that choice is, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just go into Deuteron Deuteronomy right away. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, this is where he's, he's uh, presenting the blessings and the curses, right? <clears throat> and he said, and th this is how God is. He doesn't make us do anything. He doesn't coerce us into anything. He just says, there's going to be a choice for you to make. And there's going to be a consequence or a blessing as a result of that choice that you make. So let's just read this. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, <laughs> that's, that's like a, that's, that's a multiple choice with only two choices. 
<laughs> Usually the, you know, the three ones can kind of mess you up. Um, that both you and your descendants may what? May live. So God's choice already is for life. He's, 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 he's all about having, but the, but the thing about God is, and we'll see this, is God doesn't ever deprive of choice. He always provides choice. Amen? So that, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. <clears throat> so, and, and everything about, <clears throat> everything about God choices are personal choices. God always makes it not just a, um, it's not just about you, it's about him. <laughs> it says, when you choose what I say, you choose me. And that's why he takes it personal when we choose something else. Because it's not just choosing our own way, it's rejecting him personally. So everything that God provides is like somebody, you know, doing something, providing for their kids to go to college, to be a genius, to be a Elon Musk. Just his mom just must be on, you know, wow, I did it right. I don't think she did anything right, but, but you know, he just had a lot of things go. He made some right choices. He's made some right choices. It's interesting to hear him talk because he, he's very logical. He's been given a, an ability to choose things right, you know? Right. I, I actually look at him and I see an example of somebody like um, Solomon because what he's done is he's made a lot of wise choices. And I, whether he realizes or not, it's from God that he's got, he received all that. Um, but there, there is a way that God desires for us that he, he provides. Actually, you know, I, I heard him talking the other day. I heard Elon talking about that the other day. He says, you know, you don't have to just do whatever life provides for you. He said, I've, you can become extraordinary. Everybody can be extraordinary. He said, you just have to choose the right things. And I thought, you know what? He, he's actually humble even in his highest state. He's saying, you know what? I just did everything. I made some choices. It took, brought me to this place. Um, and that's really what God's saying to us. He said, you know what? If you'll just choose me, and here's the wonderful thing that, that, that really we'll get to with this, is one choice breeds another choice. Yeah, that's right. And you begin to choose him, and then you'll be choosing the things that will take you out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. Amen? And, and Satan always wants to deprive us of that. And that's what's going on in our nation right now. They call it pro-choice, but it's really pro-slavery, pro-death, because it's all about one person. And that's what Satan always does with a choice. He makes it just about you. And God says, no, it's not just about you. It's about everybody. And as soon as anybody is eliminated, that's why you put people into any kind of categories, you're going against God. You, you say, you, you begin to, to point out how anybody looks, <laughs> anybody's gender, anybody's race, 
appearance in any way, you're, you're become, what you're doing is you're, you're separating from what God says. God makes the, the choice for everybody. And Satan wants to diminish that. Okay, let's go to this next one. So God's plan is freedom of choice and, and evil deprives of choice. Okay, I'm just going to hammer on that a little bit. So this is some verification of that, all right? And this is in Joshua. <clears throat> and he's talking to the people and he's saying, <clears throat> if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, isn't this interesting? He doesn't say, he doesn't try to coerce them or anything else. He just says, you choose Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. That's always the God approach, right? <clears throat> and, and that should be our, our approach, you know, even, even with the world. We, we don't need to be putting people into categories and, and trying to, to um, <clears throat> even condemn anybody. But we say, no, here's a choice. Here's a wonderful choice. You can choose it too, right? <clears throat> So choose yourselves this day whom you will serve. So a choice always comes with serving. When you choose something, it's not just going to be I agree with that. And we'll see some things that go along with this. It's not enough to, to, to agree with what God says about stuff. Yeah, a choice means commitment to serving it. There will be a following of it, okay? <clears throat> Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell... But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So there's something about my choice that's going to affect mine. Yes. You don't just make a choice and say my kids can choose whatever they want to. It's, it's amazing to me how people feel like they're being on an elevated intellectual level by saying. <laughs> some of our movie stars like to really act like because they can remember some lines that they are smarter than the rest of us and that they are so elevated that they let their kids just choose whatever they want to. That's not happening. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Actually, Melanie prayed towards this, I believe, kind of today, right? It's like that, that we're, we're having a legacy in our families. There's a reason why I serve the Lord the way I serve the Lord. It's because my dad decided to, and he said, we're all gonna do this. And here's what a, that's what a choice does. A choice for God doesn't just affect you. It, everything that you influence is going to be affected by it, right? <clears throat> but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Who did, <clears throat> and here's the, there's, here's the amazing thing about this. I was just thinking about this. It's very important to look back and see where you came from to understand how to make a choice that's going to be right now. And, and again, I'm, I'm just, we, we cannot separate ourselves from our nation right now because we're going through so much. But it's amazing how people that have been bought by the blood of soldiers that were fighting for e equality, not e equity, but equality, can set themselves up against the reason why they were doing this thing and start to go directly against it. Not even realize. In fact, in fact, demeaning where we came from. 
And as soon as you begin to do that, you lose your ability to make a right choice now. And so what's interesting is the, now these people, <laughs> the people of Israel are not our example <laughs> all the way. I mean, there's, there's people that are among them. Joshua is a great example. But, you know, these people make this commitment now. And then what do they do? They just they kind of blow it, you know. Because it takes a walking out of it. It takes a, a renewal of it. It takes a reminder of it. It takes a choice every day that I'm going to serve the Lord, right? But it is interesting that they go back in their, in their response of a choice. It, it goes back to the reason why is because of what God has already done, right? For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in, in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove us out from before us, all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. So he's saying, you know what? This isn't a small thing you're saying right now. He said, you aren't even capable of serving this, uh, this Lord because, and, and if you fail in it, it's going to have a consequence. If you choose not to at any point, there's going to be a consequence that comes from that. Now, I'm so grateful for Jesus. I'm so grateful for grace that we can get right back on track. But what he's saying there is there is a choice. Even if you're a Christian, there's a choice. Every time you choose something that's not God, there's a consequence. And you know, my wife's been asking me this, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but my wife keeps saying, you know, how did we get here? How do we get to this place? And it is amazing. How do we get, this is just totally insane what's going on right now. And they're calling it pro-choice, and it's, it's so selfish. It's so evil. And how do you get there? Well, you start making choices. And the choices build on choices. And every time you choose not to stand up, every time you choose not to vote, every time you choose, you know what I mean? Because we, we got here by making choices. We are, the, we are the nation we chose to be over time, you know? And so how do you get out of this? You start making different choices, amen? What I think is really cool is it doesn't take the majority to make the right choices. It just takes a remnant to start being what God has given us an opportunity to be, right? So Joshua said to the people, oh, okay, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now, therefore, he said, put away what? The foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. What are gods? They are influences that affect our choices, Right? Now, back then, they actually had, you know, figurines and whatnot, and, and it was really stupid. <laughs> actually, you know, I was over in Nepal, and it's interesting, in Nepal, they have, they, they, 
they believe in every God. You can go and tell them about Jesus, say, oh yeah, I believe in him too. You know, it's like, and you look over on their, on their mantle and they have all these little, these little gods that believe in all these gods, you know? And what are they affecting? They are actually, they are actually affecting their choices and what they decide to do. On the street, you can see these, you know, they'll have these statues of, of uh, they're really grotesque, you know, these, these evil looking figurines like on the, on the street and they're, and they're, I watched the little kids go by them and they would, they would kind of, they were afraid of them, of these stupid little figurines. And, but they're affecting their choices and, and, and they stay in, in poverty, they stay in, in you know, inability to be who they really are because they're following other gods. Now, now we don't do that, but we have other things that are affecting our choices, right? And it's so wonderful to make this statement, we will serve the Lord, but how does that translate into our choices on a daily basis? It becomes very real for us. And we'll touch on this, because what God says is very wonderful. We were... We, talked about this in our men's meeting recently is, is, is if God said something about me, either my choices are going to align with what God said about me, or I am actually following another God. You know, it might not be a figurine on a mantel somewhere, but it's, it's, some, it's some other idea, it's some other imposition upon me that has kept me from making a free choice of what God has given me to do, Right? All right, let's keep going. So when choices depart from him, choices have their own harvest and wage. <clears throat> now, here's, here's what, you know, I think a, a false grace can do is make, make it to where there aren't any consequences of, of bad choices anymore. God, Jesus made the right choice, and now every choice we make is the right one. <laughs> and and you're, you're evil if you tell me anything else. I should be able to just do whatever I want to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, you step out in front of a bus, you're going to get smashed, you know? Things just are going to happen. <laughs> if you make a stupid choice, there's going to be a, a wage of that. And it's not going to be necessarily God doing that to you. It's just the result of a stupid choice. I mean, it's just kind of like common sense, right? Until we get to this, <laughs> this period of history, it's like, is there no common sense at all? So let me just read this, Proverbs 1, 29. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Man, that would really be a description of some things right now, wouldn't it? I mean, how did knowledge get so distorted that you can't even have genders that are real? You know, and that life can be snuffed out even after the womb. And somehow that's, that's a higher level of knowledge or understanding. You know, you got to hate God in order to swallow some of this knowledge that's being imposed upon us. Okay. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. Here's what happens with God. Every time a choice is made outside of God, outside of God's will, 
you're on your own, right? You're getting what, what you chose, right? For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without evil, fear of evil. Kind of, kind of a good choice to choose God. But he's saying, you know what? The opposite choice, you don't realize what you're doing when you're choosing yourself is you're stepping away from God. Right? And there's a consequence to it. In Romans it says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a choice that has a consequence. In God, there's blessing. The other one is always going to have a wage. And this is what's happening right now. There's always a period of time when sin looks like it's getting away with something. In fact, there's a Christian song that talks that has that phrase in it, that I got away with something. Well, I did get away with something. No, you're never getting away with something. Either Jesus' blood paid for it and you're taking advantage of Jesus' blood and you're being purified or there's a consequence for what you're doing. Even as a Christian, we can choose to step away from God and I think it's more common than we realize. Yeah, right? right? There's, when God talks about it, he, talks, he doesn't just talk about Fearing God, a reverence of God where you change your tone of voice when you come into the place of worship. No, he talks about fear and trembling. He talks about, oh, God said something. That's gonna change what I do, right? So God influenced versus evil influenced. I'm gonna hammer this some more. So the oppressor always imposes perverse choices. And this is what's happening in our in our. You know what they just tried to pass today? They tried to make the whole country accept abortion as a law. It's interesting to me that, that even one of these senators that rejected that said, well, I would have accepted it if it would have just been a codification of Roe versus Wade. He said, I, I would have accepted that because Roe versus Wade has been the law of the land. It's not been the law of the land. It's been a misinterpretation it's been misinformation. <laughs> Don't be telling me somebody else has misinformation. If your whole basis for murdering over 60 million children before they have a choice <laughs> and calling it the law of the land, if that's the law of the land, we deserve destruction. Right? But that's what the devil does all the time is he wants to deprive of a choice. What are you doing every time you take a, an infant's life before they're born? You're depriving them of anything. They don't get to choose anything, right? Don't be saying pro-choice. No. God is the author of pro-choice, and he makes it for everybody, not just me. It's not just my, it's never just my body. It's never just my body. My body's going to affect a whole bunch of people. And every choice I make for my body, that's why what I do to, to give in to my flesh is not just my choice in my, in, in, in my privacy. 
It's affecting my children. It's affecting the body of Christ. It's either inhibiting or it's promoting the glory of God. Right? But this is what the oppressor always wants to do. He always wants to make it to where you have to do what I tell you to do. And that's the amazing thing. You know what they're trying to do is do away with Christianity right now. They're not going to be satisfied to just have their own way. They're going to have to crush us. Because an oppressor always makes it imposed upon somebody else. His pro-choice is not pro-choice. It's pro-oppression. That's what he always does. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. What he wants to come along and say is you don't get a choice, but you do have a choice. You never have to choose what the oppressor tries to impose on you, right? For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. Oh, it's so important to not just see this as, as, a, as a war of ideologies or political things. This is not political. This is evil versus good. Amen? This is God versus Satan. All right. So world's love imposes and God's love liberates. I like this. This was out of, out of this, mor- this morning, actually, um, the reading. Everybody reading along? Uh, <clears throat> this, this morning was John 15. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So you know what? They, they want to make it like you're a hater if you're choosing what God says about stuff. If what, if what God says causes anybody to have to make a choice other than a self-choice, now you're a hater. And what God's love does is, I saw this, it was kind of interesting. What's God, what God's love does to everyone, it says, I embrace you right the way you are. I embrace you. But now you have to choose my way or there will be a consequence that comes later if you don't, right? There always is a consequence. Whatever choice you make, there's a consequence, right? But what the world does, it says, you better do what I say right now or I'm not gonna love you. It puts the oppression now. God says, you know what, I, I, I love you right the way you are right now, right? And the world does the opposite. That's the way, that's the way God versus world choices always are too. The, the world wants to punish now. God says there will be. Jesus said, my words, uh, you will be judged by my words later on. But I want you now. I'm giving you a choice of life right now, right? Okay, let's keep going. God's choice is life for all. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he did what? Chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. 
having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. I love this. You know, some, there's some people that believe that God actually picked and chose some people. I believe he chose all of us. That's the way God's choice is. That's why he's pro-choice. He's pro-choose everybody. I just choose everybody. <laughs> Don't you like God? Don't you like to be chosen? <laughs> All right, let's keep going. We could have fun with that, but let's keep going. All right. Isaiah 66. <laughs> One. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? So God actually desires. He has some desires himself, right? And his will, will, he's wanting it to impact our choices. God's will. That's why it's so important for, for there to be a revelation for us in our relationship with God. That now every time I do make a choice, it's a relational choice with God. God sees it that way. For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord, but on this one will I look. Isn't it amazing? Of all the stars in heaven, of everything that God's done, what God's will is most impressed with is somebody whose choices are affected by their impression of him. Amen? But on this one will I look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit. When you say poor and of contrite, that doesn't mean they're, they're, they're thinking badly of themselves. They're, they're just thinking that everything that I have to think about myself, every self-choice is trembling before the choice of God. Yeah, Amen? <laughs> I, might, I might be rich in earthly things, but before God, my choices are trembling. Amen? Who trembles at my word. Don't you like that? What is God's word? His will. When God says something, it's a revelation of his will. And if it's not affecting my choice, the world is. And I'm choosing something else. Right? He who kills a bull as if he slays a man. So this is kind of interesting. So all these things, the first part of this is a religious act. The second part of it is what's actually going in, on in the heart. Because you can be, you can, you can be religious, you can, you can be thinking that everything's okay, and everything that you do that you think's done towards God, if it's over a life that is actually choosing elsewhere, has another God, it becomes evil before God. <laughs> it's not enough just our acts. Where's our heart? He who kills a bull, that's, some, that's doing a sacrifice, right? It's the same as if he slays a man. He who sacrifices a lamb is if he breaks a dog's neck. All these things are things that would not be acceptable. He who offers a grain offering is if he offers swine's blood. <laughs> swine's blood. Man, that is, that's a reproach, right, for the Jews. He who burns incense is if he blesses an idol. Just as they have chosen their own ways. So what he's saying is it's those choices you're making on a daily level that either legitimize or cause to be an abomination whatever you're doing before God. Wow. So we can poke finger or we can point fingers at the world all we want, but God's saying, you know what? What about you? 
you know? Just as they have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations, so will I choose their delusions and bring their fears on them. Because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not hear. But they did evil before my eyes and chose and chose and chose that which I do not delight. What does God delight in? He delights in life. He delights in fullness. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. And yet, there's a great temptation to choose something else to gratify and to look like life to us, right? All right. So it's a whole bunch of fun to poke fingers at the world right now, but it's kind of interesting to let the fingers point back at us, right? Amen? Because there is opportunity every time there's a choice with God. There's an opportunity for his fullness. Amen? Choices for the, for the gods of self only corrupt religious motions towards God. So this is verification of what we, we just saw. This is another statement of that, right? In Ezekiel, it says, 23, 39, For after they had slain their children for their idols, on the same day they came into my sanctuary to profane it. And indeed, thus, they have done in the midst of my house. Isn't that amazing? So we have politicians in the name of God declaring that we're supposed to accept this stuff, right? What an abomination that is. How evil that is, right? But this, and, and trying to be religious about this. All right, let's, let's go on. So let's, there's a progression of choice. Let me get this. I've already referred to it, become, but it becomes very important, the steps that we are taking. How did we get here? How do we get somewhere else? We take choices, right? We make choices. When self determines, when self determines choice, it leads to a mindless choice, <laughs> right? When yourself is what you're deciding to make a choice on, it will lead you to one that you would have never considered before. How do we get here? Somebody's made a self-choice, right? Genesis 13, 11. Then Lot chose for what? Himself. All the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated from each other. What happened? What caused all this in the first place? Strife, right? Abraham's Servants weren't get along with Lot's servants. But what, did, what was Abraham's approach? Abraham's approach, uh, uh, approach to life was not a self-approach. He said, God, where do I need to go? Do I need to, do I need to sacrifice my son? <laughs> it was never about me. <laughs> he believed God for this son for all these years. And God says, go sacrifice it. And he didn't make a choice based upon himself. His choice was always based upon God's word, right? And the antithesis happened with Lot. Abraham gave him a choice. Where do you want to go? He said, I'm going to take all the nice stuff. I'm going to take the, the fruitful land. And included in that was the enticement of Sodom. And he couldn't see the difference. And this is what happens. You start to make a choice based upon self, and it will cause you to receive something that is going to destroy you. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tents 
tent, even as far as Sodom. I think some of the translations say pitched towards. Is that right? Pitched towards. Because there's an enticement that the enemy always wants to put. This can be in entertainment. This can be in something even in, in, in our occupation. It can be something that when you start to make a choice based upon self, right? You, you might not go there right away, but your, pit, your tent is pitched. <laughs> and you're opened up to a choice that you wouldn't have made otherwise, right? Because there's a progression of choice. Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous should choose their friends carefully. Ah, I just thought this was an interesting one. Sometimes we, we think, well, I can just have whoever I want to have as friends. No, because that choice leads to other choices, right? For the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now, he might be talking about your friends, but he might, he's actually talking about you too, because your friends lead you somewhere. But that's just an example of, of what a bad choice does, right? All right, let's keep going. When, you are, when who you are is a God choice, it leads to royal choices. I really like this one. <clears throat> so here's what happens in our relationship with God. God calls us something. You know, we, just, we, we, we saw this out of, I believe it was Ephesians, where, where he said that we are chosen. When that becomes your identity... And you choose to see yourself as God has declared that you are, it leads to another choice. When you start saying what God said about you, because he calls you royal. He calls you a, a king and a priest. <laughs> and this is where it starts to get to the rubber meets the road as who we are as Christians Either God said I'm royalty and I am. And when you begin to declare that, listen to what David says here. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me. Is he being proud? No, he's just declaring the truth. He's de declaring a perspective that is a God perspective, right? Above all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen Judah to be the ruler. And the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he was pleased with me to make me king over all Israel. What's he saying? Because I see my, what, how did that affect him in his life? Even when he failed, he still, still saw him as the chosen of God. And he still went back to God and he said, God created me a clean heart, right? So his choices caused him to act royally when his choices aligned with his identity of who God said he was. So I like this statement again. When, you, when who you are is a God choice, you start to identify yourself as a choice of God. You see this? That's a choice in itself that will have progression that goes with it. It leads you into acting like royalty when you choose to believe what God said about you, right? Let's go to Luke 10. This is good, amen? amen. 
So the choice of the master will affect all others. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which, is, which will not be taken away from her. Now, something that Pastor Kim was sharing this on Sunday, right? And it was so, so very good that, that she wasn't distracted by these other things. But I saw something because I'm thinking, you know what? We need people to serve. <laughs> we need people to do this. <clears throat> and, and Mary chose the thing that was good, but could Martha have chosen the thing that was good in her serving? If she was doing it unto Jesus, she could have been choosing the right thing too. And she wouldn't have gotten into uh, judgment over Martha. Yeah. If this was all about Jesus, you know what? When our choice to even serve becomes about him, we don't get into strife about somebody else, right? Because we do need to serve. <laughs> but we don't get distracted by the thing, and it's not about me. As soon as it becomes about me, my choice even to serve God gets distorted and leads me into strife, right? Right? So it becomes very important that the choice that we're making is always uh, a Jesus choice. That it's always to serve him. Amen? All right. Are you good? So self is lost completely as a choice in God's presence. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no what? Flesh should glory in his presence. That means there has to be an eradication of this is about me in every choice. Does that make sense? And, and, and then it becomes a challenge. It's like, oh, Holy Spirit, really help me with this, right? And that's what he wants. He wants us to be trembling. Oh, God, what does your word say about this now? Amen? All right. <clears throat> so we are his, cho his choice for praise of him. So part of understanding that we are his choice that will take us to royal choices for our life is understanding that our life is all about that. Everything that we do is either glorifying God. Every choice I make is either going to glorify God or my flesh is going to get in the way. All right? But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his, holy special, his own special people that you may proclaim his praises, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. In Jesus, who was a life of choosing the Father's will and, and its discipline. So here's everything that we will ever attain that's of worth. It's like, I, th I think Cody's such a great example of that right now. He's going to get a degree <laughs> or get a diploma or what, whatever. A degree, I guess it is. Isn't that right? Like, <laughs> man, you've, been, you've set yourself to this. You know, and it's like however long it takes, we're going to get her done, right? <laughs> but anything that we accomplish is like that. We have to, we're going to choose not ourselves because if you just chose yourself, 
might just be playing basketball or, <laughs> or golf. <laughs> fishing, there we go. Fishing. And, and it's not that we, we don't fish or anything else, but, but it's like, what is our purpose in that? What, what is our life about, right? But anything that's going to be, especially when it comes to choices made that, that are God-reflected, it's going to be a discipline. Something's not going to get its way. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be our flesh not getting its way, right? But any, anybody that's going to accomplish anything in their life, there's a gift inside that is crying out to be fulfilled in, in being its best. That's going to require not living to self. You do this on any level, right? But especially when it comes to God, there's going to be something called discipline. That's how we become disciples. That's where God choices overtake self-choices, right? And this happened, you know, with Jesus. He lived his whole life this way. But of course, uh, of course in the garden, it's, it's just, it's, a, it's such a great example of that. If, it's your, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Yours be done. That's the choice made. And what, did it, what, what followed that choice was the cross, you know? What happens with God is there's going to be a need that no matter where it leads to, it's not mine. I'm trembling before your word. Whatever you say right now is what I choose to do. Amen? Okay, one more here. Uh, Hebrews 12, 11. So no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And this is the difference between the world choices and God choices. God choices always have a harvest of blessing. This is where we started with this, right? <clears throat> Oppressor, <laughs> pro-choice movements. They might look good right now. You might get away with something today. You might lose a little bit of inconvenience today, but there are ramifications to come. And that's always the way it is with God versus self-choices. God is pro-choice. He said, choose life. Choose life. Amen. I'm just going to relate this real quick because I think it's very important to, to be able to see this. <clears throat> These are some, some applications real quick. Salvation itself comes with a God choice, doesn't it? And you actually have to, if you're going to actually be saved, you actually have to turn your back on all your self-choices, right? To, to really be saved. It says you must, be, you must believe and be baptized. What is being baptized? It's not just being dunked. It's, it's saying all that, all that self stuff is dead. And now I'm alive to Christ, right? And that's what, you know, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What does that mean? What are all those things? Choices. Choices, right? All right. Provision. And it becomes, this, this, is, this is very real for us, our choices. What are we doing with, with our finances, with our provision in our life? What are we doing with those things? Are they just about us? Or do we get God involved? That's why we stand up and say this thing on Sundays together. Is we're getting God involved in this. Amen? Either that, or 
Every time we become depressed or worried or anything else, what are we we're doing? We're serving another God. We're not really believing that God is our provider. <laughs> so with provision, all grace in all things at all times to be a blessing in every opportunity. What is that? That's a God choice, isn't it? And that's something that you're either standing in faith towards, no matter what you're going through right now, or you're serving another God, the God of this world, the God of lack, even if it's the God of riches, if it's just about you, right? That's why I like the end part of this. It's always to be a blessing. It's always to meet another need, right? Let's go to love. So love is not just going to be something that you're just feeling. It's not touchy-feely. It's in thoughts, words, and deeds. It's going to affirm, provide, and enable, or it will condemn, bring down, and disable. So anytime you fall into the condemnation of somebody, anytime you fall into the um, bringing them down, pointing out something that's wrong, it can kind of seem like it's, I'm just being observant here. Are you? (laughs) Right? Aren't you glad God doesn't just point out what's wrong with us all the time? (laughs) Because what that does is it disables. So I, I... I think this is good just to to see these real quick because this is where the rubber meets the road with with a God choice. Either I'm choosing, and and this is the thing, it's not just how I feel about something. I'm just not waiting for God to fix me so that I can walk in love. No, it's a choice. It's a choice. Everything about God is a choice. Amen? I'm so thankful that his spirit comes along to help us in this, but it's still a choice. You can't blame anybody else. It's all on you, (laughs) right? (laughs) If you're not a great pianist right now, it's all your fault. (laughs) So, it's got one more. Are are you glad? Finally. So your walk. It's either victorious, successful, and disciplined, or you're blaming somebody else, somebody else's fault why I'm not successful, there's an excuse, or you're just flat lazy. Did you know that laziness is a choice against God? <laughs> you know? So it becomes very practical in our lives. Either we're part of the world system of pro-choice, or we're part of the God system of pro-choice. Amen? And he's either taking us up towards a harvest that will be a righteous harvest that's a godly one, or there's going to be condemnation for us. And it's not God's fault. It was our choice. And this applies to every part of our life. And man, the more this can become revelation, it brings liberation. It brings freedom. It brings success. It brings victory. Every part of our life can be touched with a God choice that takes us out of the picture, puts him in the picture, and he says, you know what? I resist the proud. What are the proud? Those that are making a choice that's not a God choice. But what does he do? He brings grace. What is that? That's God's ability. That's God's enablement. To who are the humble? The humble are the ones that said, if God said it, I'm trembling before it. And it's my choice. Amen? Amen.